Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification to individualized coaching services to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Gather around your speakers, hoop heads. It's NBA story time. Jamel Johnson here to spin you tales of NBA shenanigans you didn't know you needed to know. Like that time when a little startup league tried anything to be relevant. Or when Ricky Davis earned himself a dumb nickname. I also love you, Ricky Davis. Catch a new tale on NBA Storytime every week, then listen to the post game where I break it down with comedians, ballers, and what have you. Find NBA Storytime on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24 7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Wash up, Walk-Ons fans. Welcome in to potentially one of the more diverse episodes that we've done we talk about a whole range of different stuff on this start off with a little golf pga championship phil mickelson can he pull it out when you guys are listening to this we'll know the answer to that question peanut butter and jelly sandwiches football versus baseball lifting all kinds of stuff let's have a day let's go Welcome back, Washington Walk-Ons fans, episode 217 of the podcast. Today's really a tremendous morning because we have our buddy Kevin back. Uh, We've missed him dearly. We've been having to record these podcasts at times where he's doing things that normal people would call success. Uh, We would call him sandbagging us, his friends who actually matter. But today he's not doing that. He's with us early ass morning. Uh, And Kluver, again, found a way to show up without sleeves on. Um, I live in the desert have for like 800, maybe 900 days now at this point. And somehow I still find a way to show up with sleeves on every time, uh, my closet's still full of them, but this guy has to show off his guns every chance he gets. And he even cut the sleeves off our own merchandise just so he could show his shoulders. So 
Uh, the guy is really trying to sell his fitness program and that's all the shitting I have to do on him for now. I'll turn it over to him. What's a uh, clue before we get into this? Yeah. What, what is the proportion of sleeveless shirts to non sleeveless shirts in your, in your wardrobe right now? Because I'll say just by podcast appearances, it's like 70, 30 sleeveless. It's like 90, 10. Uh, that's a great question, Kevin. And, and, and as Drake mentioned, I am happy that you're back. Like you jump on, you're in the, you're in the office, which by the way, you're the, your backdrop and you've got the little barbell over there and your rewards and some of the stuff. I mean, it looks fantastic. It's so much better than Drake and I's backdrop. Uh, and it just makes me happy. That- for it. When I'm on like these work calls, they say, Oh, the CEO is on now. <laughs> I mean, Hey, so we're not the only ones. I'm glad it's, I'm glad this is a, it's a community deal. So I told Drake, Drake's Drake spoiled. Drake lives in the desert and that's true. We were out there in whatever March and it's, and granted it was the weather wasn't great when we were there, but it was like 75 degrees. All right. No, but honestly, nobody gets screwed on weather worse than my visitors because my mom, she doesn't get good weather uh, except during the absolute months where you can't get bad weather. But like when she comes down in the winter, usually if she's here for 10 days, it's like she gets three days of sun, which is just absolutely absurd. Yeah. So, so when you know you live you live in that environment you are now spoiled by you're spoiled by the vitamin d and the and the rays and so you get used to it and you just kind of fall back into like oh i'll just wear sweatshirts especially cuz you keep that air conditioning nice and flowing on the inside cuz if you don't y'all will literally die cuz it gets that hot i think it's already touching like 100 there right on the hot days and it's oh, easily it's been 100 here for a while yeah. and it's may so in Iowa, we roll out of winter and we've all been hibernating like bears. I start to get, I, I start to get a little frisky with the, with the, with the wear. Right. And I don't get to go outside because I sit at this goddamn desk all day and just program workouts and watch Twitch. I mean, my life is, you're trying to get vitamin D through your computer screen on your, yeah, I, I keep, yeah, that's exactly what it is. I keep the window shade open and just try and soak in as much as I can. Honestly, I wear less than this during the day. But the clue, is there anyone making you sit at your desk when you're doing this? Is there anything preventing you from going outside and sitting on your laptop? Mm, my laptop actually did break. I don't have a laptop. Um, granted, I could do it on my, we bought an iPad. I could do it on the iPad. Um, but, you know, it's just, I have my, I have more of my shit up here. Um, there's no excuses. I just like wearing cutoffs. The ratio to answer your question, Kevin, is honestly probably not as crazy as you'd think. I would say I have a bunch of T-shirts that I don't wear on the podcast. You guys see very limited. I would say one in four of my T-shirts are cut off. So this kid picks from the 25% of his wardrobe. Every time. Every time he's going to be on camera. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, um, that alone, Kluver... I haven't wanted to beat you up in a while. Today, I want to beat you up. Okay. <laughs> well, it's a good thing you're out in the desert then. Um, lefty. Lefty's had a good three days. And I love Phil Mickelson. I think I, I don't know a soul on earth that doesn't like Phil Mickelson. He's just one of those guys. 
What are your guys' thoughts on the weekend so far? And can he pull it out today? Okay. I, don't, I would love to see Phil pull this off. I don't think he hangs Absolutely on. I love it. I think he can hold on, dude. He's swinging the club well enough that he's not he, – he is hitting the ball 320. If there's anybody that can actually play with Brooks Kepka when Brooks is on his game, it has to be somebody who's hitting it as far as him. Phil is actually hitting the ball as far as Brooks Kepka is within 10 or 15 yards. And he's playing his wedges. Unbelievable. So well, his, his wedge game's always been as strong wedge wedge right, game is, right. is fire. But ha, did you see some of the shots he's been pulling off like that 115 yard from the left bunker over the tree? He hit it to like two feet when it spun backwards. Stupid. Like that's a shot that nobody can hit. Like you could put God in front of that golf ball and he can't make that golf ball do that. But Which, by the way, we that. met God right as we started this podcast. Uh, so as long as Phil's putter is on, Phil can win this tournament. If Phil puts well on Sunday, he can win the tournament. Because when was Phil's last major? Nine years ago. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a hot minute. Dude, he's 50 years old, man. Playing at the top of the world. You got to think like, is this, is this the last hurrah? Is this, is this it for the old dog for the old dog? Well, you would have assumed it would have been, except for the fact that he's, he's found more distance than he did when he was technically in the prime of his career. Like Phil didn't hit it consistently 320 with the driver ever. And every time he's hitting it out there in the middle of the fairway, 320. And I mean, the guy has found the fountain of youth, honestly. Hey, Steve Stricker. I don't know what it is, but just like on social media too. It seems like he's having more fun with the game now. He is. He is. And this makes this actually. If you think about it, he has way less pressure on him than he used to. He's 50 way years less. old now. And he's not like he was competing with Tiger to be the player of the generation. And he was always yeah. a step behind. It was always Tiger one, Phil two. And he was always having to chase that. And I'm sure that truly aggravated somebody when you're one of the best in the entire world, but you're still second rate compared to this guy who you've been competing against forever. But now Phil is just like an old man. He's found, like I said, the found a youth in his swing. And it's just like, screw it, man. I don't have pressure anymore. I love golf. And this is just an amazing opportunity. Like when you swing free, you, you play better. A lot comes to mind here. And as you just mentioned, <clears throat> it was always tiger Phil one, two, Take a guess at Phil's lifetime earnings. 35 million, 50 million. I was going to say around 50 million. 92 million. Jesus. Is that, that just, is that just PGA golf or is that sponsors included and in everything? It says for Mickelson, one of the most popular accomplished and wealthy pro golfers in history, a win would put him at over 94 million in career earnings. Mickelson ranked second on the tour's career money leader list with 92, four earned prior to this week's PGA woods leads with, uh, at the list with 120.8. And see, I actually would have guessed Tigers is higher. I would have too. I thought Tigers would be higher too. Yeah. But that's, again, I, I believe thought, I thought that's Tiger by a fucking mile. I mean, yeah. 30, that's, that's just, that's just purse winnings though. Mm -hmm. Like when you yeah. think, I mean, Tiger's probably closer to a half oh, billion. Are at least times three is an earnings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. He and, had a and fucking I, Gatorade named after him. Right. So. And he, uh, he was, uh, within the top two or three ranked athletes in the world for All like time. a 10 yeah. consecutive year span. It yeah. was like, yeah. it was the top boxer in the world, Tiger Woods LeBron. and the top soccer player in the world, pretty much. Um, He's got to be, yeah, he's in between a half and a bill for sure. If, if not eclipsed a billion Um, for those big time, for those big time guys, the, the endorsements, they're always bigger than the, 
Like the the game money no longer matters. Like the salary yeah. doesn't matter anymore. I mean, just th- think about how stupid this is. Actually, name another sport where an athlete has a Gatorade named after him, a video game named after him, and Nike has their own line of clothes after him. Honestly, the closest you could get would be like skateboarding. It'd be like Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk. <laughs> yeah. Here was going to be my answer until you said video game was Michael Phelps. Mm-hmm. With with speedo, and they stuff. should come out with a little swimming swimming twenty twenty one. Oh, I would have I would buy a console just to play the game. That'd be incredible. <laughs> I don't know how you would do well though. Like, what would you? Uh, that's probably why they haven't come out with one. Um, actually, named the video game Tiger Woods PGA Tour. Like, it's his tour. Yeah. Everyone else is just playing with. Yeah, it, you know, it's his world. Everyone's living in it. So, yeah. this brings up the question: Is golf? When is the prime of golf then? It's way later than most sports because clearly reps matter. The prime of golf. I won't say I won't say your prime is later. I mean, you think about in the last ten years, some of these young guys have really started. That's to true. Dominate. Yeah. So I Speed, say Rory. Your prime is later. You just play a lot later than other sports. So is the prime just extended then? Because your prime yeah. can be extended as long as your mental toughness. Because like, if a guy, if a guy finds like we see with Jordan Spieth, like. He won stupid early and he was like the prodigy child, but then he went through a swing change, went through a huge lull and like is trying to find his game back. I mean, he's still one of the best in the world. Exactly. Exactly. And he has the potential to be in his prime still in the future. As long as he's right in his mind, that's kind of my point is like, that's why we saw tiger last as long as he did until his body completely fell apart on him because he was the most mentally tough. And like in golf, if you got the right swing coach and you got the right mindset, you can play great golf forever. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those things where like, there's no limiting factor other than, or I guess the only limiting factor is being functional in your joints and making like, that's basically it. Right. Like tennis, even if you don't hit hit it a mile anymore. Like I remember last year I was, I I played with this, uh, this guy's, probably mid sixties mm-hmm. and he shot even par on the round. He didn't hit it more than 220 yards off the tee. Yeah. It's the old Zach Johnson strategy yeah. who he hit a 10 this weekend. <laughs> Good for him. Just, Dude, just, even worse, even worse than that a guy by the name of Cameron Tringali. He was in second place, three under heading into like 13 on the back nine. And he ended up 13 on his last five holes to shoot himself <laughs> completely out of the tournament from second place. He went from making a shit ton of money to zero. God, that sucks so bad. Well, I mean, you're right, though. Back to uh, he really has been like this social media. Phil, Phil is what I'm talking about. Like his social media game is, is pretty fire. And when you've made $92 million and you're 50 years old, like you just – no one expects anything of you. And so he can go out and just play free golf. Now, yesterday on the back nine, he had a, he had a, a rough two-hole span there. He went bogey, double bogey. And you could tell he's like, he, he's starting to tense up a little bit. He's starting to get a little tight, you know? The thing about it is, too, is that it was only one and a half real bad swings. Yeah. Like his drive on the second hole, I think it was 12 or 13, whichever one it was, mm-hmm. was a horrible shot. But then 
His next drive was great. The iron shot was like world-class. And then he backs it up on the next hole and hits a great tee shot. So, I mean, the guy was playing well. He just, he choked one real shot. Yeah. It's it's just interesting to me because then you see he's not the only one. Steve Stricker is still playing and he's 54. Stuart Sink is still playing too. Stuart Sink's uh, son's on the bag too. I think that's the coolest thing ever. So great. Like you seem like you're watching a lot more golf. You been playing at all? I I was just I that's I literally I have this sheet of topics that I want to get to today, and one of them is just golf in general. Like I need to, I, in a month I have to go. Not that I'm expected to do well or anything, but I have to go and do that, or I get to go and do the the Polk County I Club uh, golf outing. So yeah, man, I think uh, I think the wife and I are gonna we're probably gonna go try and get a few rounds in here at the local. Uh, sugar creek in waukee what's even better for a a bad new player than playing rounds is hitting on the range because there's no pressure and you just get to learn how to feel comfortable swinging a golf club i'll be honest for a guy that golfs three to five rounds a summer maybe now um the biggest thing for me that has helped me get a consistent swing is top golf (laughs) i've gone to top golf a couple I've gone to top golf. Like yeah, I've gone to top golf a couple times, and like more than what most people go, and they just try and have fun or hit it as far as they can. I actually use it as like, okay, I don't get a lot of experience with a club in my hand, so I'm gonna try and just make consistent contact with the ball here, and it's actually helped me out. Now, I I can't. I'm we get one of those over in Eastern Iowa. Oh, it'd be incredible if we could get one. I think it would kill in Des Moines. I really do. I think I can't believe there isn't one in the Quad Cities. I mean, Bettendorf has. A super multi-million dollar uh, sports outdoor that facility. place is sick, that, insane, and they yeah. don't have a top golf. Yeah, it would it would fit right out there. I mean, it'd be insane. Um, Omaha is the closest one to me, at least, and they just built one. So, um, I think at one point, old PDP car was gonna like try and open one. <laughs> like, I think it's like, oh man, it's like actually a stupid investment. How uh, not. Stupid as in it doesn't stupid cost. big, it's you mean how much it costs to make one of those things? It's like I forget the number. I want to say it was like north of fifty million dollars to make one. Jesus Christ. That's insane. That's gonna take a little bit to get back in the green there. <laughs> but, but they dude, make they every bring time in I've been to one, been packed. Packed. It's it's never like it's it's a great time. People yeah. love it. Yeah, from no, what I it, heard, the year 2020 was tough on top golf. It probably well, was, but naturally. It was um, tough on pretty much every business out there. Still an impeccable idea though. Like once, once you get it going, you just, I mean, there's not even a lot of upkeep, right? Like, and you just get crappy balls that have little trackers in them. You get clubs that are, eh, and you just, you know, most people bring their own clubs. I mean, it's like, you know, so yeah, no, I got to get out on the course and uh, start swinging a little bit so I don't look like a complete asshole in front of the old uh, Polk okay, County. I was completely wrong. It was around $20 million for a time. Oh, that, yes. Okay, we're good. We could probably open one then. Yeah. Um, Eastern Iowa, just because I want one. We have to first open up the Benton Boys Steakhouse under mostly Ike and Josie's money first, and then us three are the bus boys. And then when that makes a crap load of money, then we use that as the initial investment capital for the top golf um, that we open up. So, so you, uh, you may, you can lowball yourself on that all you want, but I'm going to 
put yeah. in as much money as Josie and Ike will allow me to. And then I'm also going to play host at the restaurant. So you can busboy your little imp ass out of here. Uh, I'm going to be uh, making some cash. I'm going to, I'll, I'll, I'll 10 bar. I'm not going to be a busboy, but I'll 10 bar. That would be, dude. I was just going to say Drake would be a fantastic host. Like I would love to see what Drake. No, but that's why he would be a fantastic host. And then you would be an awesome bartender, Kev. And the only <laughs> thing that comes to mind is Dennis being. Yeah, I was just about to say, I'm just imagining us as the always sunny characters. Yeah. Drake is I'm Dennis. You're Charlie. Yep, I'll be Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> and only people who watch that show get it, but that's a really great reference. Yeah. Um, all right. Here's a hypothetical. You get, and this was brought up because there's an actual kid in the situation that I know, not going to name names. You get offered a MLB contract out of high school. You're talking with the team. You're great at baseball. You're a pitcher. They're like, hey, we're going to draft you first or second round here, and we're going to give you a shitload of money, but you're also an elite football player. And you, you like football more, but you're going to sign for a million or more in baseball. What do you do? How good are you at football? You're also elite at football. You're elite How at football. good is elite though? Because yeah. first or second round in the MLB draft, like you have thirty some rounds. You so are, you're a, you're going to see the field on special teams within the first couple of years for sure. You're an eventual starter. Starter. So you mate. have to play. Uh, no, you play baseball. If you have to play special teams in football, or you can be a first or second round pick in the MLB draft, baseball. So you, yeah, so for you, losers who play special teams. So for <laughs> you, so for you, Drake, it's because you you're telling me this kid isn't a, a automatic starter. He's not an automatic. He does not even a quarterback. He's not a starter day one, but and he's maybe not a quarterback. But maybe in year two, is he a quarterback? No. Then he, then it's a no brainer. If pitcher, you're not a quarterback pitcher, and you can go be a pitcher in the MLB and potentially make pitcher money. Yeah. And you don't have to take any of the hits. It's but, not even a question. But how many guys get drafted, then go and most everybody Tyler goes and, Murray. Everybody That's goes it. and plays triple A. How many guys actually make it? Well, if you're a really good pitcher, you can definitely make it. Yeah. If you're a really good pitcher, you'll make it too. It's you got a lot better chance. You got a lot better chance of making it if you're a really good pitcher at a triple A when you're already on the team than as a football player who m- may have to play sp- Special teams. That's how non-actual. Can we, okay. Um, can we stop the hate on the special team? Kevin's listen, getting, man. Listen, man. That's that, I'm, I was a special teams player too. Like it, we understand we didn't have the opportunity to be a first round MLB draft pick. And we know exactly where on the totem pole you rank. If all you are is a special teams player when you're young, like you're, if you're fucking elite and you can go do something that Kyler Murray can do, then sure. take. We're, we're hung up on the special teams. I, I was saying like, you're guaranteed going to be a, a four phase special teamer immediately. You're probably starting year two and you, you, you are in line to be the star eventual draft pick from the team. Like that's who you are. That's assuming a lot. That's assuming a hell of a lot. That's assuming a lot, but you're also assuming a lot coming out of high school. There's a No, not at all because he's already gotten drafted. No, because like you said, there's a million dollars right there on the table. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you're right. You just lost this argument like three times in a row. I was just curious. It's not an argument. I'm saying what what, what amount of money do you have, do they have to throw at you to take it? 
Well, all you're thinking about is his signing bonus right there. It's not like however many years he signs for on that MLB contract, he's not going to, he's going to certainly have more than a million dollars coming. That's just a million guaranteed as a signing bonus, which even sounds like a little bit of a low ball if you're a first or second round pick, but yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, he's literally guaranteed if they're, if they're drafting him, that is guaranteed. And if he has to play four years of college football, hmm. Take that as a so you're, unguaranteeable situation. You're, you're baseball 100%, not even a conversation. It's not a conversation if you're that high of a draft pick. But what if you just like – what if in, in this situation, though, you also prefer football? You like football a lot more. You just happen to be an elite pitcher. That's great. Then you better be in a financial situation that you're able to turn down a potential $5 million in your life, you know? Why don't you go to college and do both? Sure. Can you get dra- you get drafted and then you just hang out and play you football? Can down you can get drafted and you can just decline it and just go to college. Yep. But then you don't get the money. Correct. Obviously. If you get drafted, did they still have rights to you when they? In- Only for like a year, I think. Okay. And then if uh, then yeah, like your mic's fucking up. Baseball's like you can get drafted again after your junior season and then after your senior season. Okay. All right. Yeah, uh, unplug, plug your mic quick, Kev. Um, all right, well, that was in this situation. Uh, kids going to college. So, yeah. Play football? Uh, I, I believe, yeah, yeah, football. Is, is this person going to an elite institution that pumps out NFL draft picks? Um, I would say average. Is this person going to Iowa? No. So, Kluver, now let me – you just told me that this player was unreal elite at football. Yeah. Unreal elite football players don't go to Okay, he's, he's not – he's, he's not unreal elite on a national level. He's – so, so like, dude, you've made this not, you've made not, this even easier of a of a pick yeah, like by not, talking he's, yourself not a backwards by the end of it. Not a high school American. Player. Um, he might be with one of the. I'm not sure. He's, I mean, there's like five All American like games out there now. So like, yeah, if, I, if you're not in one of them, I I'm with Drake. You're probably. I think he might have been selected to one of those games. Idea. So. He's not a top. He's not a top twenty-five guy in the nation, but he's maybe a top five hundred guy in the nation. Well, he just te- he just theoretically got drafted as a top eight in his position in the entire country. So, yeah. I mean, that's already drafted. So that's, that's my what decision. Grown ass dudes in college in the equation too. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah. I mean, unless you just really love football that much more than baseball. Take the money. Uh, well, I mean, we're talking to Kevin Ward. Kevin, roll me to the bank in my wheelbarrows of cash, Ward. I mean, look, he's got a fucking built in in his office. It's just he's the CEO. It's who he is, baby. Uh, guys are home training over br- from my shake shack or my witch <laughs> drinking from his witch witch cup. Yep, those cups. Hey, those cups are elite, man. They're even they're even more elite when they're carrying thirty two ounces of Oreo milkshake. Yum, 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 yum. walk on fans i gotta do it to you one more time just bear with me here i'm the mr fit guy i want to help you get healthy i want to help you lose weight i want to help you all right losing weight is not easy there's 70 percent of americans who are overweight 
and the, there's a reason for that. And I could explain it to you in detail if we wanted to get into it, but just know that you're not alone if you're feeling a little bit overweight, a little sluggish, a little out of shape, not what you used to be. I want to help you get back to that, all right? And there's a really easy first step to doing that. It's just behavioral change. I created a 30-day challenge called the 30-Day Fast Fit Challenge. You can go to tylerkluver.com right now, see it, or you can DM me, just message me. I'll talk to you all about it. It's the easiest 30 days you'll ever do. It's a couple behavior switches, a little eating schedule that you put. General managers ask questions to find the right players, like, do they have ice in their veins? When you're hiring, you can use Indeed assessments to make sure you find the right candidates with the skills you need. Don't just hope your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. And with Indeed assessments, choose from 135 skills tests to help make sure you're finding applications from people with skills you need. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Put together, you don't even have to cut out foods. It's 100 bucks, and it could be literally the best $100 you ever spend. It could literally be the first steps in a long journey to you getting back your health and fitness, changing around your biomarkers, your lipids, your cholesterol, your blood pressure. I've had so many people have success on this challenge, and I want you to as well if you want to take advantage of the opportunity. All right, just hit me up. The challenge starts on May 31st in one week from today. It's going to be the June challenge, and it's going to be an incredible 30 days of progress and success for those who buy into it. All right, let's go make some gains together. Now back to the show. Guys are home training right now. Uh, they are, dude's got a four-week break. The biggest spring to summer break an Iowa football player has probably ever seen. When you guys went home and trained during those times, I'm curious, how closely did you follow the card that we were given? Did you do more weight because it was always very light? Did you do the exact same amount of conditioning reps? Or how did you, how did you guys approach those three weeks? I usually just did the card. Um, sometimes I would do some more conditioning because the conditioning was like really light. Yeah. I knew that we were about to get put through the gauntlet of summer conditioning. So I'd, I'd, I'd sometimes run more, but as far as lifting, um, I pretty much just stick to the card. I did the exact opposite of Kevin. I lifted heavy ass weights, ignored the card, and very rarely conditioned myself. <laughs> I was curious. I was curious. So I hated conditioning. Dude, I was fat and my joints hurt. I hated running. And if Doyle wasn't there to make me do it, I'll just lift some weights. I would I would also sometimes do some like GPP style stuff because you come back and you do GPP for two yeah. weeks. But like flip tires and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought that the conditioning was a little bit closer. It was very, I, I always thought it was interesting how low level they gave us over break. It's like, then, then we have guys come in after a three or four week period and they're dragging ass. It's like, well, yeah, because the card we just had was like three by three hang clean for at 128 pounds. And you, you made us run six fifty fives. Like, it's because we didn't do yeah, anything. So for our break was only two weeks. So like you're, 
Yeah. You're going to keep your conditioning for two weeks. You just got to do literally something. Yeah. And um, they wanted to make it so that guys would actually do it. So. That's true. Clearly that didn't work for Drake. Um, I would, I would do the cart exactly the lifts exactly. Um, I would up the weight on the lifts so that they were actually closer to like maybe in the 70% range, 60 to 70% range instead of like 50%. And then I would run the conditioning reps exactly as is on the card. Um, and then I would usually throw in an extra like CrossFit Metcon that was 10 to 20 minutes long to add some conditioning into it. GPP stuff. So I don't know. Is, uh, what did you guys, this is another interesting. Is Zach, is Zach doing it right now? Yeah. Zach's been coming over and uh, look a lot like what we used to have. Yeah. It's the same shit. I think they have three weeks worth of stuff. Um, conditioning days were one day was 55s. One day was cut 85s. One day was 60s. And it was like six, eight, 10 reps of each. I think as it went down the week. Dude. If you ever thought I was doing 10 cut 85s at home by myself, instead <laughs> of just doing two extra sets of squat, calling it a day, you're out of your mind. <laughs> it might've been on the yeah. cut 85s. It might've been eight for the big week. It, it, it might've gone like six, seven, eight or four, six, eight or something like that. They also, they also gave us cross fields when we were home too. Yeah. Which we never did at Iowa. And those I actually ran. I remember doing cross fields one time. In 2015, it was the first time I had come home and my family had moved to Ankeny because I remember doing it on the Ankeny practice field. I couldn't complete it. I was I must have done it wrong because I was getting to be in pretty good shape by that third year. Like I could hang and I wasn't missing reps anymore. Could not complete the cross fields. Like I couldn't do it. I don't know what was wrong with me. So yeah. I do, I, I do got to say is like when you go home and you go from a high energy environment, like the weight room at Iowa it's true. Um, to lifting alone at like your high school or whatever, it's kind of a shock to the system. Luckily I had my brother for four of my years to, to work out with, but yeah, that I always remember sucked, but you know, Dude, that's, so that's what you have to do after after college anyway. So get used to it. I guess. Yeah. The Kev, can you, noticed, is there any way you can pull your mic closer to you? Not all the way close yeah. to you, just all the way to the edge but of your that actually does sound better. Just um, yeah. there you go. Our our gym floor at our high school was like a rubber, you know, you put down a bunch of rubber mats together. Yeah. Yep. And so we had soft shoes and a rubber floor and trying to squat with that after coming from Iowa where you had those platform shoes and a hard, like firm resistant floor felt terrible. Dude, it, it's all about force, dude. You're, you're literally letting energy leak into the ground. Like you can't do as much weight. It's just not as. And my, my aired up shoes were also absorbing the energy. Right. Yeah. No, if you want to squat a PR, you definitely want to be on a platform with romalios on um those things i, are I always love the um they got the raised heel just a little bit too it yep. made world of difference oh yeah love those things i would get myself a pair but they're 180 bucks and i don't care that much um it took me till year three to feel good about pushing myself in conditioning in the summer as you guys know you're, you know, you can't really hide in front of your teammates. Your teammates see everything. You guys watch me struggle. Uh, me and Manders pull the fucking Manders. The, 
just we were pull, we were pulling the caboose, man. For us, uh, it, for a couple uh, years. 2014 Summer of Manders is the most suffering I don't think I've ever seen an individual take. And he and he went through it, man. He went through it. I mean, and, dude was halfway done with the rep at the end of the time allotted for the rep. Oh god! And he just kept going, man. He just kept going. And they felt bad for him. They didn't even call him out. It was just like, I mean, what can you do at that point? Like, you're obviously just nowhere close. Yeah. It's, and it's, I, not, it's, it's really not an effort thing at that point. It's just the he physically can't do it. Right. And I was making times, but physic, like mentally in my head, I think I felt like Manders. Uh, until it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. The year after, until 2016, until we went undefeated, and then that following year, I finally felt like I had a grasp so much on the strength and conditioning side of things. Like I knew the flow of certain workouts, I knew where to put the energy here, where to, you know, where how do I get through this most efficiently? And I could finally push and try and compete. Were you guys on that level right away, or or did it take you? A little bit to get there because my high school conditioning just what it i mean it took me two three years to get there you guys were both much further along when did it feel like you could actually like finally go out and like you weren't worried about not missing a rep but you know kind of i, I understand what you're saying um if it wasn't hot as bejesus out i would say 2015 so like i was a year ahead of you okay where I was like going out and trying to like win reps and stuff. Right. But I was still with the skill at that time. So I mm. win a whole lot of reps out there, except for cut 85s. I was good at cut 85s. A couple, um, couple hit and then once I moved to linebacker, I was like pissed if I wasn't winning reps. Yeah. 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 I mean, when I came well, I mean, in, uh, yeah. I, I think that summer, the only other like upperclassman semi in my group was Ben. So it was just like, it was just me and Ben going at it. Yeah. When I came in, I was fresh off of track. I was 200 pounds. I was reasonably ripped and I was running with the semis. So I was pretty confident. I was never going to miss a rep. And even though I was really close to missing a rep later in my career, when I was fat, sloppy, busted ass leg out of shape, I still made it through the career with no missed reps. So I felt good about that. No missed reps and no penalties in a game. Wow. That's a hundred percent something to be proud of. That's incredible. I was, I was still one of the, 30 percentile tier shitters on the squad but no missed reps and no penalties so eat my nuts did you ever miss body weight either miss body weight oh i miss body weight come on dude in camp i was like 12 pounds under at times really yeah oh camp doesn't count they don't care about camp 
Oh, I've, I mean, I still probably missed two or three body weights ever in my career. Yeah, I missed um, two. I accidentally but, missed two. There's no reason yeah. I should have. Yeah, I for sure did. You have you um, have one of those days where you're like, oh yeah, I've I've made body weight twelve weeks in a row. I just do what I always do. I'm okay. I'm a little under. I'll drink a Powerade after the and you know your body weight's two sixteen. You got to get to you got to get to two thirteen point six to be considered two fourteen. And you roll in and you're like, son of a bitch, I sweat too much during the warm-up. I'm 213.3. Son of a bitch, I just missed weight. I'm coming in for breakfast tomorrow. My whole life sucks. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's literally is how it goes, though, sometimes. Like, oh, you weigh yourself the night before. Okay, I'm good. And then you, like, lose six pounds overnight. And it's just like, god damn it. So and shitty. Yeah, yeah. Do um, you think that the way they handle body weights – how would you improve the way they handle body weights? Was it I, not that it was too strict or it wasn't strict enough, but with like, do you think the window's I, enough? I think like, because your weight fluctuates, fluctuates so much throughout the day. Yeah. I don't know if there was like, um, I don't know. I think it'd be better if there was, I don't know if this is even like, like a, reasonable way to try to do it but if you could like say like if we're weighing on this day like weigh-ins are always at like this time yeah so you have like a constant time to like weigh in at you know i feel like maybe once too often they did things in a way that was like hey we're trying to get you maybe yeah uh in it can sometimes feel like that but at the same time it's a way to just keep you honest and like, yeah so like you know like there's guys who weigh in on monday and then you know, the overweight guys eat their ass out the rest of the week. And then the underweight guys like drop 10 pounds by the next day. And they're, yeah. so like, they want, they want to see that. Okay. It's not True. like we're trying to catch you. It's like, we got, we want to see like, okay, who's actually not where they're supposed to be. You know yeah. I mean? No, it definitely grabs the people who are really scheming the system. For, but for those like, you know, me or you who are pretty close, but like you might be a pound or two off it, late in the week. And then you if you eventually get back, you're like, yeah, that's kind of annoying that we had to weigh in. I don't know. I right. just and I think maybe a better way they, they could have done it. And I don't know, maybe they did do this with guys who were body weight problems. I like that was never us, so we probably wouldn't know. Is like having honest conversations, like, okay, I see you're always weighing in two pounds under your goal weight. Where are you actually sitting at? You know? Right. Because if you're always two pounds under your goal weight, there's no way you're probably five pounds off your goal weight, like walking around normally. You know what I mean? Yeah. I always had a little bit of an issue with um, them determining exactly what your, uh, what your weight is yeah. best when they're not the one inside your body feeling what's happening when you're trying to get to a certain weight. This is exactly what I was going to get to. Yep. And like, there were times where I saw not me in particular, because my goal weight was actually a good goal weight. And like, if I was living weight, life properly, uh, hydrating properly, getting enough protein, like I was going to be around that goal weight, but there was guys who had to increase their goal weight so rapidly that they were living life in such an unhealthy manner that it caught up to them maybe even years down the road. Yeah. So what sparked this question in my head was as I get a little bit further away from the program and I really in life, I'm starting to do this a whole lot more too, which I think everybody should question everything always because you shouldn't always just take things for exactly what they are. 
I know that I respected Doyle and that staff and their, and their, um, their ways with the utmost respect, you know, like the rules were the rules. I was going to follow them. I was going to get it done. And at the time I wasn't going to really ask questions because it, it didn't fucking matter to me if I had ideas of, you know, I was 20, I was 20 years old, right? What do I know about how a kid should, you know, they've done it for 20 years. But as I get a little bit further away, I start to look back on different things. And I think, is there actually a way, a scenario where we were just doing everything the right and perfect way it should be done? Or where could places have improved a little bit? And the, the body weight thing comes to mind especially with the whole conversation about Devonte Smith this last year, dude weighs like 114 pounds and wins the Heisman. And they're pretty sure all the, all the experts say he's probably going to do pretty good in the league as well. It makes me think like, I think it should have been a more open conversation. Like you said, Drake is like, Hey, we want you at 225. Okay. We'll take me, me specifically. We want you at 218. I think was my body weight by the end of the, my career. But I got to be honest, I felt a whole lot better. I felt leaner. I felt more athletic, a significant more. If I could do about 212, it was just, you know, when you're, when you are that, you're that elite and you kind of not, I wasn't elite in any sense of the term, but when you're at that minutia of detail and you know, here's how I feel at this body weight. And if I go up a few more pounds, it changes this for me maybe a conversation of like, Hey, where do you think you perform the best? Where do you feel the best? Cause I do think that the, the, um, what's it called? The, uh, the data that you collect, what's it called? I don't know. The personal data that you collect. Quantitative data. No, it's like, um, God, I suck at this. Um, it's just data that you have. I don't know. I, I can't think of the word. Um, anyway, your opinion and how you feel and the data that you collect inside of your own brain and like, Hey, I did really anecdotal. anecdotal. Yes. The anecdotal data that you have on yourself and what they have as an opinion of, Hey, here's this guy. He should weigh this much. I think they should both matter. This should matter. But at the same time, clue was, what is one of the, re- like, I remember when you're training for the NFL, like you drinking a gallon of milk every day mm-hmm. trying to get up to what was it 240 or 240 to, yeah yeah so and there's a reason for that you know nfl teams want a long snapper that can be big enough to block and protect and stuff like that so mm-hmm. that's why i think they you know have their set goals for you too so right i right. mean yeah you, you can't just like yeah a guy might feel better playing cornerback at 168 he's not going to set the fucking eggs versus a fullback from wisconsin at 168 okay we need you at 180 i know and that's, and just, that's just the way it is and i understand that i don't think that we should let i don't think that we should let kevin ward come into the program and decide his own body weight either i'm not going yeah. all the i'm not going all the way to that that but i do think that and with my body weight for the nfl thing i clearly you know i i, I quite honestly my performance was going to take a massive hit um, because of the extra 20, 25 pounds that I put on, I probably was not going to snap as well. And I probably, and I most definitely wasn't going to cover on punts as well at 240. But the only reason I did that was because they wouldn't even consider looking at me if I didn't weigh that much. 
Um, mm-hmm. So that was a different situation. And the reason they do that is for good reason, right? When you're in there on a PAT or field goal, they've got 330 pound nose tackles whose only job is to run straight through your dumb ass. And so you have to put something in the ground yeah. to, to get in front of them. At a certain point, you know, in the game of football, mass moves mass. You, you know, I don't care how strong you are playing linebacker, you know, a dude who's 300 pounds and you got to take on a pulling guard, like you got to have some weight behind it. Yeah. I just think like maybe, you know, maybe it's a three pound window either way. That would have been just a little bit more lenient or a a comp. I think they have increased the the leniency. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Here's, here's my two cents on this. Here's my two cents on this. And it's something I was thinking of while you guys were talking you know how advanced we got in measuring performance quotients by the end of our career, how advanced yeah. the staff had gotten through like the pressure plates yeah. and that new thing that Nick got to measure like latency period in, in your yep. muscle reaction, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. In theory, could the, could the strength staff and the coaches not get together and find the, um, kind of like the performance, the peak performance that they want out of each position. And then you simply train your player to find his, his maximal like weight to translate to the closest he can possibly get to meeting those, those quotients that you're looking for. Cause we had all the analytical data that so we are you possibly- saying like, take, take like your perfect example of a player at a position. So like, for linebacker, take Josie Jewel and like, okay, we want to basically create more Josie Jewel. Is that what you're trying to say? Or, well, I was thinking even more than Josie, like Josie had so much ability up here that he didn't even have to, he wasn't as elite physically as he was. And like, there's linebackers who are way more physically elite than Josie, way but he was just unbelievably good. So like what I'm saying I mean, is he's if, pretty fucking strong. Too. No, no doubt. No doubt. But what I'm saying is, do you think Amani Jones and Aaron men's were both more physically elite? Do you think they both had more physical capabilities? Yes. So like Aaron men's is one of the most physically freaky people I've ever seen. And like, to me, what he could do from a, from like a performance quotient standpoint is something that we all were striving for. Yeah. I mean, so, yes. My, you know, my, and, but at, some, at the same point, like, you know, human beings are, you know, w- incredibly variable. Like, I okay, agree, like, but you're not you letting can't. me finish my point. You're not letting me finish my fucking point. If Aaron Menz is theoretically the, the, the ideal, or even if it's not him, you just have a theoretical ideal. And then you take a player and at 225 pounds, you've worked him up to 225 pounds and you see what he's capable of doing from a performance quotient standpoint. And then you force him to boost himself to 235 pounds and you see what he's capable of doing from a performance quotient standpoint. And you find in between somewhere in between those numbers, or maybe it has to go higher, or maybe you find that it needs to go lower than 225. Like you find somewhere in there where that particular player is performing as closely as he possibly can to your ideal performance quotients. And that's how you find the ideal body weight. And I don't personally think we did it like that. And I thought that we could. And I'll tell you why. It's going to take you years to find that out. You only yeah. have four years for that. I'm with both of you here. I know exactly where Kevin's going and I know exactly where you're coming from, Drake. I think that's the perfect way to do it. 
the issue is with 125 guys, the, the, the nuance of how dialed in that's going to end up being, I don't think they have enough time to put in specifically to each and every guy. It's, right. you know, yeah, you're saying going from 225 to building up to 235, that's going to take you at least a year. And then yeah. you're like, oh shit, like we went over it. Now we got to walk them back down to, you know, that's like, okay, now 18 months later, now we're at the perfect, okay, oh, awesome, we graduated. I do think though, Drake, that in a perfect world, that is the way I think you're 100% on. Like if you could find it, and I think there's some, there's some little bit of intangible data that you'd have to collect too, like Josie. Like, okay, I, and I understand like you always wanted your performance quotients to be as high as you possibly can, but there's also some form of like, okay, well, if it takes just insane levels of eating to get to this weight to meet that quotient – and now that amount of diet is fucking this guy's mental up. And that brings him down mentally in the game. Like it's just so nuanced to yeah, create this is all stuff that you, you can try to quantify, but you really just can't. I think with one guy, you could do it like, Hey, let's just make this guy a science project. Right, yeah. If you have a team around like Le- LeBron James probably has like a team around him. like exactly realizing everything he fucking does from his sleep to every calorie he takes in to every massage he gets the amount of calories he burns in a fucking workout and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Can you do that? The 125 guys? No, I don't think so. Um, that definitely could be a good point. I was just yeah. trying to think of ways to, cause I mean, for some players, the anxiety of, mm-hmm. of gaining or of weighing in and the uh, shit that they were going to get into because of their weight, was far excessive from the stress they even felt on game day. There was players who felt like they were in a cakewalk on game day as a, as opposed to the battle that they were going to fight against the scale. And I just felt like, even though I wasn't part of that group, I, it was excessive. And I always thought that from the time I was right. there until now. And that's kind of where the base of my question was too, is like, even though I agreed with them monitoring, monitoring body weights and it being a very crucial part of the game, the amount of anxiety that some... I'm not going to name names, but I watched some dudes throw up gallons of water because of what they put themselves through just to make weight on a Monday. Right. And, right. And like you wouldn't have had guys hiding two and a half pound plates in their compression shorts just to, if it wasn't a big deal. And that's why we had to start weighing in without our Or dude, I, even, even I got caught a couple times. Not I didn't get caught, but you throw a couple Powerades in your hand and then you and then you hold your lifting card in your hand with the power aids on the other side. So the coach can't see it pound and a half, two pounds right there. And they just think you're holding your card. I, I did it multiple times to make sure I was there. Like, and that's, I didn't have anxiety about it, about it, but I was having to create tactics to sneak around and make sure I made it because the repercussions weren't something I wanted to face. It was just like, eh, maybe we, maybe we find a better way to do it here. I don't know. Um, and Drake, I just got one last thing on your point of like getting real dialed in, dialed in on it. Like there's a saying of strength conditioning, um, lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky, lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. It's better to, to coach a good program great than to have a perfect program executed poorly. And True. It's, yeah, I, I think striving for, for, for perfection in a team sport as big as football is, is, you know, unrealistic and it's, it's probably not going to pan out as, as well as you would hope. Yeah, I definitely agree with that point. And when you guys were talking about how grand scale it would have to be in such a short amount of time, uh, that's, that's five, the big kicker. Four, four to five win- years is a big window if you think about it in small terms. But when you're trying to rebuild an entire human being, it's not that big of a window. Like I, yeah. I do understand that. I was just thinking like from how malleable players are and especially elite athletes are at that young age – as they're working into their prime, I was just like, in my mind, I was thinking if you've got a guy that you're watching squat over 500 pounds, watching um, hang clean and hang snatch in the top percentile of not only his like classification, but of his body weight standard. And you're just watching the guy perform in front of your eyes and by the standards, every way you want him to, what's the point of making him pack on just a few extra pounds. That's just kind of what I was feeling. But DeMarco has, I've seen him post multiple stuff about this and other strength coaches that he knows about like, Hey, your guys are strong enough. They're strong enough. Like the dude squats 600 pounds. We don't need him to be any stronger. Let's, let's focus on some other areas. And it kind of, that's one minute uh, example of like, how that would go into. I do yeah. think the protocol that you just came up with Drake, that super just elite, let's create a robot protocol. It might work. It might be best for like a private coach of individual athletes. Like if you're a, if you're an elite wrestling coach and you have four athletes who are trying to make the Olympics, you could do it with those four athletes or you're an elite tennis coach. And you have three guys who are trying to win Wimbledon, right? You could do it with three guys at an elite private level with all those resources, college setting. And especially those guys who are like, Hey, you might have an eight or 10 year career to try and be the best you could be from 18 to your 30 year old, right? College football is just not going to happen, but if it could happen, it would be extremely interesting to see. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I mean, and like you kind of said it yourself, Drake, like, um, you know, we worked to get this guy up to 225. Like your first two, three years in strength in, in the program is like, they're just building you up. Right. There's only a couple guys they put on the advanced card in his second or third years. You know, that's usually the juniors and seniors that are on that advanced card. Explain that for the listeners, Kev. Um, so when, uh, when you first show up, there's basically, there's three kind of four. Um, 3.5. Yeah. Groups of what they call of like what what lifting program you're in within, within it would be team. like a readiness classification sure sure there's your devo twos who are the guys who literally just showed up on campus they're learning how to they're goblet squatting with 35 they're, pounds they're learning how to warm up goblet squatting 
dumbbells and they're learning how to wipe their ass and tuck in their shirt. There's the Devo Wands who are usually the second year players who are, have graduated for that. They know how to wipe their ass. No, they know how to wipe their ass and they're doing, uh, you know, heavy lifts, but like basic type of, um, yeah. movement of patterns. movements and basic uh, programming. So you're doing five sets of three at 85%, you know, some real linear strength, get exactly. real man muscles no. type shit. Next week, next week's heavier than this week. Yeah. week after that's heavier than that week. It would be like what you find what 98% of you guys listening, if you've gone through a strength program that you found, it would be Devo 2, the, t- the second out of four levels is what you would be doing. And then... Um, and most of you should be on fucking Devo, the first one. Like, hey. <laughs> is there, uh, there, was, there was another one. It was uh, before advanced. I forget the name of it. We called it. It was... Um, inter- I think it was just intermediate. Was it just intermediate? Yeah. And that was like the, your third year players usually sometimes... The younger guys who are more developed are in that card or the older guys who are just not where they need to be are on that card too. And then you're starting to do some more advanced stuff. You're starting to do some contrast training. And then there's the advanced card where you're doing some of the stuff that DeMarco's out here doing. Single leg fucking. Single leg, French contrast training. You're doing, um, uh, oh shit. What's the, what were the. Very, very advanced plyometric stuff. Mm-hmm. What are, are the lifts where like you, uh, you unrack it, do a rap racket? I can't think of the name right now. Oh, you wait 30 clusters. Cluster. Clusters? Dude, listen to this. That, so that's, that's it, when you're in an advanced car, that's usually some third year players all the way up to your fifth year players. Usually the fourth and fifth year players are doing that car. Yep. And that's, where you, that's when they break out all the cool and fancy stuff in strength conditioning. Yeah. That's, Dude, that's that, that, that is that when. That is when, when it was French contrasts and clusters. Yep. That's when strength conditioning became not Fun. monotonous at all. It Fun was as fuck. It was like, what mm. in the hell could we possibly be doing today? And you were just doing movements that were making you feel like you were turned into a superhuman. Mm-hmm. I literally thought I could fly on the banded. The jump. French contrast is great. Uh, and it was funny as hell to be, you're doing, you're over there doing banded jumps and like, like 360 plyometrics over ladders and the freshmen are over on the other side of the room <laughs> doing like ab wheel <laughs> and tempo squats. They, we got to oh, watch wow. them go tick tock. Yep. Tick tock. <laughs> yeah, mark, yeah. Lying March. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, you're, you're not even there until like fourth year. I mean, it's, and it takes a while to get there. It's just not enough yeah, time. And that's, that's when in theory you would start, doing your dialing in which yeah. you know, you know yeah some guys truly good call good call some guys are leaving in six months after their junior season you know right yeah. not us but um no, not us. Stayed wow, this, this podcast got deep i need to just do this more bring topics like this and just fucking um here's one it completely <laughs> this is stupid this is why this podcast is so great now if you're making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich is it strawberry or grape strawberry. jelly and does does do both the peanut butter and jelly go on the same slice of bread and the other just covers it? Or do you put no, the peanut enough. butter on one, one piece of bread and the jelly on the other piece? It's peanut butter on one piece of bread, right? Strawberry and the other piece of bread. Oh. And you put them together. Hey, Kluve, I want you to let them know that I have the peanut butter and jelly hack and they don't. 
And you go ahead and let them know my peanut butter and jelly recipe. And all you guys have been doing it wrong for your whole lives. Okay. I'm going to come back also, to you, Kevin, because I have some. Shit that is like the front the, with, with the peanut butter and jelly mixed together in the same jar. Oh, that's weird. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't, don't buy that shit. Do <laughs> not buy that shit. Um, okay. I'm going to come back to you, Kevin Drake. When I was out in Arizona, he was a gracious host. He was a fantastic host. Um, and he, without even asking, we weren't even talking about it. It was middle of the afternoon. We were hanging out. We were actually out there working around with a dumbbell. We were dipping our foot in the pool. And all of a sudden Drake walks out into the backyard with a Hawaiian sweet roll. Mm, okay. Peanut but was it peanut butter and jelly? It was it was a pan fried, yep, pan fried with butter, Hawaiian sweet roll with peanut butter and jelly on the inside. So the peanut butter and jelly like melted down into this crisped up fried Hawaiian sweet roll. So pretty simple. You you tear that sweet roll part, you butter both halves, you you know, you get them a little toasted on the you pan. Butter that biscuit up. Oh yeah, you butter it up real nice. Okay. And then, uh, and then you just slather it with peanut butter and jelly and you put it together. It's nice and warm. The peanut butter starts to melt just a little bit. And that, um, I'm a grape jelly guy. I'm a, I'm a grape jelly guy. Now I like strawberry jelly, but I prefer grape. And I also, I think you're correct that you should put both on separate pieces of bread. However, when I make them, I just put both on the same piece of bread. So Here's where I'm going to go, Kevin. You're correct on the on the separate pieces of bread because they spread evenly, and you can tell if you have the correct ratio that you want. Okay, and you get it everywhere you want on the piece of bread, right? Everywhere. Secondly, I will take any jelly that you give me. I don't care if it's red, green, blue, purple, gold. You can give me peach jelly, apricot, blueberry, blackberry. I don't care. I'll eat it. Um, you guys but yeah, I do think if you don't fry your bread, you're a little bit of a Neanderthal. This is 2021 and we have a lot of devices within our homes to heat our food yeah. and you're silly if you don't, because it is simply better. Now, what is your drink with your peanut butter and jelly sandwich? It's gotta be a cold glass of milk. Thank I you. mean, milk is the best, but I am having quite a few issues with dairy uh, at these, this point in my life. So I'm a water guy, ice water. Mm-hmm. I will, uh, I will say like, if you're, if you're, if you're creating the perfect meal now in general, I don't have a lot of milk in my house, maybe some almond milk, which is all right. It's not, a, it's not like that old 2% or whole milk that I grew up on now, but yeah, it's peanut butter, jelly, and a glass of milk. And I do for anybody listening, I highly, I mean, you could even do it with just a couple slices of, uh, a white bread or wheat bread, man, just throw those on the butter, those up and toast them a little bit on the pan and then put the Drake's onto something there. Um, yeah. What's the difference between jam and jelly? You can't jelly this dick in your ass. <laughs> that was a boy's joke. That was one. Sorry for the, for the 30 to 60 year old women out there listening for that one. Um, that was an old, uh, that's a college 22 year old guy joke right there. Um, I'm sorry, mom and aunt Bonnie and aunt Kathy. I know you guys are listening. That's my apologies. I like jelly a lot. I used to put it on those breakfast sandwiches that old Hy-Vee Mike would bring us. Oh, and then take it down to the special teams meeting so I can listen to get your fucking pads down. All right. We got punt today. Hey, 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 fix your demeanor. Where's Ward at? See in here? 
sitting right. We didn't have to worry about that question. We knew Kevin was front and center. That's one thing you never had to worry about this group pre podcast, post podcast. uh, It has become an issue, but pre podcast, we never had to worry about this group showing up on time. Yeah. I think I'm going to leave it there, man. I got a couple more topics, but I, who knows? I must, I'm going to save him for a little, uh, that was a, that was a solid hour right there. And I hope that talking about real stuff too, real stuff, man. So I can't take credit for me just bringing up these random topics and questions. I list, I, this is for the walk on army. Now, now this is what I did last week. I said, I'd go to Abu Dhabi to find Bob Sanders. And I actually had somebody in Abu Dhabi who lives there, Hawk fan, who listens to the podcast, reach out and say that they have not seen him there. <laughs> that is now, that is now my, please tell me you're telling the truth. I'm dead ass serious. That is now my favorite Hawk story of all time from this podcast. That's the coolest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> so he said, he said, I have not, send me the screenshots that I will so send you the screenshot. Funny. I will post for the Patreon members. I'll post the Twitter DM in there and leave out the name. It's I'm not kidding. Someone who lives in either Dubai or Abu Dhabi said, Hey, I live out here haven't seen bob sanders would love to hit would love to hear him on the pod and that's my dedication level to this to this show that we do for you guys and here's another here's here is another example of my dedication level i listen to other podcasts not just for enjoyment but also to take notes and figure out how I can be a better interviewer of both the guests that we have and my two co-hosts, because then it creates good content. And clearly today was an example of that. So you get a little bit of lefty going for a PGA championship. You get a little bit of toasted peanut butter and jelly. Yep. There's Drake right there. Drake, you are lefty, aren't you? I forgot about that. That's why I cheer so hard for my guy, Phil, man. When back when Phil was on the major drought and I was like, dad, is he ever going to win a major? Like, are we ever going to get to watch Phil win a major? And then he did in the duh. Dude, you just jumped up and I saw some abs there. What's going on? You ain't eating those peanut butter and jellies, are you? Holy shit. Peanut butter and jelly for you. Hey, hey, listen, I did a really bad job of cutting weight. I got really sick because of it. And I don't even know what my body weight is right now, but I guarantee you, I guarantee you, by my body weight alone, the Hawks would not feel comfortable walking me out at corner. They wouldn't, they wouldn't offer you a walk-on spot right now for sure. No, 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 no. Not a walk-on spot. I'm saying they wouldn't, I couldn't come in and play linebacker. They wouldn't want me to play corner. You skinny, skinny, huh? You're not that low, dude. Dude, how many, how many, I'll bet you at. You're not 200, but you're not 170. I bet I was under 190 at my lowest, at my sickest. Probably, yeah. Dude. But you could play corner. You own a scale? No, I don't. I would suggest buying a $10 scale. Yeah, get a scale, man. There's scales at all my gyms, but when I felt my worst, I didn't even stand on it. I was 199 this morning. I'm I'm the beef god. (sighs) No, that's Brian Ward. And please don't ever disrespect that man on my podcast ever again. He's got the old man strength still. He's lost the because he's got hands like frying pans that can fit four pieces of potato bread at the same time. Talk about a guy who could make a little PB and J. That guy could eat a big one. So you know I I mentioned the goober. You're gonna have you're gonna lose a lot of respect for my father after I (laughs) he was the man that wanted the goober. 
That's why we had it in the house and I hated it so much. Beef, listen, if you eat goober, I'm going to the store and getting goober and that's that. This is now a goober podcast. He's wrong here. He's 100% wrong here. No goober. (laughs) Oh, um, I'll leave, I'll leave all the listeners with this. If you haven't, if you're still listening and you're, and, and you're, uh, and you're interested, you have the time, go check out Kevin's Twitter. He posted a video of his girlfriend's dog playing in the water and it is just, it'll make your heart warm. What kind of dog is it, Kev? Golden Retriever. Oh man. Yeah. So the best. It's, it's yeah. a video that could go viral if the right things happen. Um, go ahead and tag, uh, rate my dogs and I'm, I'm sure they'll love the content. Yeah. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. We sure did. I had a blast recording this one. Uh, we'll be back with maybe a guest, maybe some more random topics. I kind of like this shit. Um, hope you guys have a fantastic week. Fucking if you guys, if you guys could smell how bad I smell after recording this podcast, wow, you might not listen to this podcast anymore. And that's how I'll leave you. Okay. Well, golden retrievers and Drake's body odor. See you later. I'm MJ Acosta-Ruiz. And I'm Lindsay Zarniak. And together we'll be hosting the On Her Her Turf Turf podcast. podcast. This summer, On Her Turf is hosting a daily Olympics podcast that focuses exclusively on women's sports and the amazing women competing in Tokyo. We'll bring you interviews with Olympians and in-depth analysis on your favorite teams. Plus, we're going to talk about some of the challenges still facing women's sports today. So join us daily at On Her Turf as we cover all the excitement of the Tokyo Olympics. Be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts and be sure to follow on her turf on Twitter and Instagram too. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.